Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. still time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host Michael McCall, this is episode 80 and it's time to take a look at the happenings in Whitecaps land this week. That was the week that was. It's actually been a, a very busy week for the Whitecaps and not all of it good, I have to say. So let's start things off with Monday. Monday was a day that a lot of people were hoping the Whitecaps were going to, to add the vital key missing piece for, for the playoff push and that would be a striker. It didn't happen, but apparently it wasn't for the, the lack of trying, as we'll hear a little bit later on. But there were two new additions to the team, one for now and one for later, because the Whitecaps added Kian's Froze and Marco Bustos to two homegrown contracts. Our regular listeners to the podcast will know we, we asked Carl Robinson about that a few weeks ago and he revealed to us, we could almost say exclusively I think, that um, he was hoping to add them by the roster freeze. So. He added Kian's froze. Marco Bustos is on a pre-contract. The official reason for that being that, that Carl Robinson felt that Kian's froze was just a, a little bit more ready for MLS just now. I personally think it was a chance that they could maybe offer Marco a, a better contract in January if he waited. But by having that pre-contract now, he knows he has the contract. The Whitecaps can keep hold of him and he, he's not going to go and, and play abroad somewhere. So it's two good additions, they definitely will help the Whitecaps down the line. And I spoke to Kian's Froze and Marco Bustos along with some other media on Tuesday at training and just wanted to know how they felt now that they had their first pro contracts and just what they're expecting for the future. And we also got the thoughts of Kyle Robinson on the pair as well. So here's Marco Bustos, Kian's Froze and Kyle Robinson talking about the young guns. So, Marco, how are you feeling today? Signed your first pro, well, about to sign your officially first pro contract in January, but knowing that you've got that pre-contract now. Uh, it's it's good feeling because I have pretty much uh, 
put weight off my shoulders for how hard I've worked for the past past 10, 10 12 months. And uh, to know that I basically got myself in the team for next season is a, is a good step for me because then that just pushes me to fight for a spot in the squad. And that's realistically the end of the day. I want to be in the 18-man squad and uh, sooner rather than later hopefully be in the 11-man squad. Yeah, you had a phenomenal weekend. I say <laughs> I was at both the games and it's like five goals. Yeah. Have you scored a better goal than that second one against San Juan, beating six guys? <laughs> I think uh, I I can't remember all the goals I scored, but I think that's one of the best ones I've probably scored for the Whitecaps residency. Going through those many guys and finishing was pretty cool. And you you've, you're the captain this season in the 18s. Yeah. Um, how, how, how did that come about, and what does that mean to you actually captaining the team? Yeah, I mean uh, the two residency coaches, Steve Meadley and and now Thompson had pulled me aside at the end of the season last year and asked me if I would take the honor of being the skipper. And uh, they talked to me about it a little bit on trying to build my leadership to make myself a better pro. And I wanted to take the challenge and just to just to have that extra leadership skill in me and to lead by example and lead by lead by uh, lead vocally would I think it would make me a better player so I wanted to take that opportunity to make myself better and you certainly did lead at the weekend were you disappointed when that shot hit the post stop you getting the two hat-tricks uh, I mean it would have been nice to get the two hat-tricks but at the end of the day we won the game so that's all that matters to me the Amway Canadian Championship experience that you had earlier this yeah. year I mean what has that left you in terms of your thought in, for your first team aspirations yeah it just the experience leaves me with the thought of I could be here and I could play with the squad and it, it makes me believe that that I could get into the 11-man squad and and it shows me that the coaches believe in me and whenever the coaches give, give me the chance to get out on the field again, then I hopefully take that chance and, and give them give them everything I show. So, Kians, you've signed your first pro contract now. How, how do you feel today? Oh, yesterday was was an amazing day, really. It's, it's surreal to say the least. Um, now it's a dream come true, and the work starts now. So yeah, you're eligible to play the games for the remainder of the season. Are you hoping that you can get some minutes in your first season now? I hope so. I mean, obviously that's earned on the field, so right now I'm just focusing on staying consistent, and then hopefully I, I get a chance. And you've, you've trained a lot with the, the first team this year. Knowing the players so well, does that give you, does it make it easier coming into the squad because you've been training with them so much? Yeah, all, all the older guys are, are very welcoming. Like they don't, they just treat us normal, and so it's so it's easier to be a part of it. So, yeah. How valuable was the experience playing against Toronto in the, in the Canadian Championship earlier really this year? Yeah, uh, when I saw Bradley playing in the World Cup, I was like, yeah, I played against him. So obviously it, it just shows that, you know, we can do it and we can hopefully play. So it just gives us confidence to, to go do it when chance comes. So what would it mean to you to get a chance here now to play in these one of these six games that count towards a playoff spot? That would be unreal. So that's my goal for, for right now. Hopefully you get to go on a trip with the team and just be a part of the team and help in any way I can. So. How, how close do you feel you are to being able to do that? I'm not sure. I think that's the uh, coaching staff can answer that. <laughs> They're fantastic signings for the club. Uh, I'm absolutely delighted to get those two on board, uh, especially now with a couple of months to go before the end of the season because it's important, it's important for them that they get to grips with what it's like to be a, 
uh, MLS professional, um, get them used to the environment, ready for January when they come, because it's the progression that I want as a manager of this club, as well as the club want. I think it's important for the growth of this club that we see players coming through regularly, you know, not just one year, every three or four years, but every year. And you know, they're added to our already talented young pool of players that we've got. So delighted to have them both on board. But barring a scenario where you're, which you don't want to think about, which is you're eliminated from playoff contention, yep. could Keon see some minutes? Well, uh, including in the in the games that we have left, and I said to the guys, you know, I think we've got a six six game mini season now. You know, with Portland, you look at it, and whatever's happened up to this point is irrelevant because it's all about the six games now. So, whether we're still in the in the playoff hunt or not, and hopefully we are, right until the last day, and we manage to, uh, you know, reach our goal. Kienz is very much in contention. You know, we don't need to be eliminated or out of it for him to get the opportunity. I think you see today in training what what he brings. Uh, we know there's areas of his game that needs a little bit more focus. And I've just spoke to him now at length about what we're going to do in the off-season. But he's very much in the picture that between now and the end of the season. And, and rightly so, because his performances and his training have fully deserved that. So don't be surprised if you don't see him soon. And Marco's on a pre-contract. Is that just the way that things have to work for MLS to, to give him the kind of deal that you want to give him? Yeah, obviously, as you know, with the uh, expansion draft coming up, it's, um, it's a tricky time for all, all MLS clubs. And... You know, with the protection rule of only 10 players, um, maybe bumping two of them up at a certain time will, you know, give the possibility of me maybe losing one or two players. And I don't really want to do that at this time because, you know, I'm building here and, you know, I can get one of them on the roster, which is why I think Jens is probably slightly more ready than Marco, even though Marco scored five goals on the weekend and beat six men to score his uh, goal of the season contender. So the signing of Froze and Bustos was the good news piece on Monday. No striker, that was a bad news piece. And then more was to come later on when New Westminster Council had their meeting to decide the fate of the USL Pro team in the city. And it was a resounding no. The council unanimously decided not to go ahead with the Whitecaps' plans to refurbish Queen's Park Stadium. A little bit disappointing, to say the least. But what it has done is create a lot more interest in the lower mainland to have some other city host the USL Pro team there next year. Going to be a lot of work to do, a lot of bidding to do. Surrey seems to be kind of the front runners just now, possibly in the Cloverdale area. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Now, Bobby Leonard Doozy addressed media at training on Tuesday and he discussed the whole USL Pro issue. Also, the, the lack of adding a striker on Monday and just the, the general state of the club just now with six games to go and in the middle of a playoff push. So we're going to play this pretty much in full because I think Bobby covered a, a lot of things which fans are going to be interested in. I don't think this has had a lot of airplay anywhere else. So we just want to kind of include it pretty much in full. So here's Bobby Leonard Doozy talking about a number of key issues on Tuesday. One door closes, another one opens, Bobby. Well, the one thing about the... Uh uh, the USL process and, and, and going through this exercise with New Westminster is that it's generated a lot of profile and uh, once the decision was uh, announced um, we had calls from communities that we hadn't been speaking to uh, prior, prior to, uh, to uh, the, the MOU that we had signed with New Westminster and, and obviously the, the areas that we were talking to will re-engage with them. So in terms of the timeline now, the, the, the one challenge that puts you under the gun a little bit with kickoff would be in, what, seven months or so? It does, but um, 
we we had a little bit of wiggle room in there. I think in, in any uh, situation where you're not sure what the answer is going to be, um, you need to to provide yourself with some time. And the one thing that um, that because of the relationship we've had with USL and Tim Holt in particular, they would love to have Vancouver um, in USL Pro and. Seattle and Portland are, are looking to potentially do the same thing. So I think USL realizes this this could be a real win for them. So they're they're prepared to, to work with us. There is going to be a, um, a crunch time, but as of right now, um, we've spoken to USL and, and they've indicated that uh, they'll give us a bit of leeway. They haven't given you a, a drop-dead date? They haven't given us a drop-dead date at this point, but we know that um, we don't need to be told that um, there's a, uh, there's a there's a date that we have to have this concluded by. We know that uh, in order to give ourselves the best chance of success for next year, that we ideally um, find a partner that um, in, in, the, in the, the lower mainland that's, that's excited about the opportunities that USL brings to their community. Well, what are the most important things you guys are going to look at when you're trying to decide who to really target? Well, I think each community offers up different uh, different opportunities. Some have existing venues, others have indicated that they might be prepared to build a, build a, a venue for a USL Pro. Um, so those are the discussions that we'll have and what we don't want to do is, 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 uh, is make it a competition. Having said that, uh, we'll meet with each of the, the uh, municipalities and um, we'll get into specifics and, and ideally uh, there'll be an interest in in, uh, in hosting us in, in their community. Can, can you unequivocally say the White Caps will have a team in USL Pro in 2015? Well, there's always a danger to being unequivocal in, uh, in an answer. And uh, our, it's, it's our desire and it's our focus to, um, to find a partner and to have a team in, in USL next season. And, and I don't think he can ever be definitive when we're in the situation that we're in where we don't have a confirmed partner right now in terms of where we're going to play but it's our intent and uh, and we as a club are so focused on on providing the opportunities for example like Kians and, and um, Frozen Marco Bustos who signed yesterday the MLS contract they're going to need playing time and we don't want to waste another year of, of if they're not in the the MLS um, starting rotation that they waste a year of their development and there's a number of other players in in that uh, category as well so uh, we're committed to uh, and focused on on getting it done for 2015 and if you can't find a partner would you consider any temp temporary solution for a year yeah we don't even want to go there but uh, that's that that always is an alternative did the decision surprise you or were you expecting it well we, we had had dialogue right up until the uh, the council meeting uh, yesterday afternoon and uh, I wasn't involved in that dialogue but um, the people that were from our end actually were, were feeling like there, there was a chance so I guess from that perspective yes it was a surprise and, and the fact that it was uh, unanimous um, was also a surprise as well and, and a disappointment. What about yesterday and trade deadline day, Bobby? Uh, what was it like, and, and how close did you come in the end to landing a striker or another player? Probably useful to, to provide some context and to say that since the opening of the international transfer window, we've been active, and uh, it certainly hasn't been for a lack of time. It's really come down to um, 
trying to be as certain as possible that the player we're signing is going to have an impact. So we've been we've been searching since then, and then more recently with the international transfer window closed, obviously we were focused on uh, players in MLS, and I can tell you that uh, uh, that we had. Uh, a wish list and virtually went through every roster in the MLS but in the end um, the, the opportunity to do uh, a deal uh, that would help us in the short term it just wa it wasn't there and it would have been something that uh, more than likely would have been um, a wing and a prayer and really I, I don't think we were we were feeling like we wanted to go through that and as a result that's why we, we stood pat well, was this a vote of confidence for the people that you have here? The fact that you guys decided not to, you know, trade away some of your younger players? Well, I, I actually think that the players themselves, and in particular the young strikers, and the, the team in general, it, it doesn't come down to just one position when, when you're struggling to score goals. So uh, what it will provide them now is it was an opportunity to, over the last six games, to... To show what they can do, and ideally, you know, Eric's got uh, got himself back on the score sheet on, on the weekend and has played well over the last two games. And uh, I'm assuming that uh, it's likely that he'll get the start on the weekend, and hopefully, he can catch fire. The one thing that we we had been doing up until just very recently was we were creating a lot of chances, and we weren't converting. But we have to get back to creating, and ideally, the law of averages says if we create enough, then someone's going to get hot and score some goals. That didn't sound like a vote of confidence. You didn't really answer my question in terms of the people that you have here. No. Is it more of an audition for them then to see what they can yeah, do? It, it's always an audition. Um, I think in, in professional sport, you're whenever you step out onto the pitch, you obviously want to give yourselves the best chance possible of, of starting the, the next game and of being around next season. So uh, I don't know if, if there's, a, there's a definitive answer on that, but it's going to provide an opportunity for uh, our young players and not just just the strikers because ideally what you don't want to do is add more pressure onto the pressure that's already there and it's going to require us getting back to where we were and, and the irony is it's, it's as recent as two home games ago we played Kansas City um, pummeled them should have won by more than the two that we got played Dallas the game before that had 30 shots on goal we need to get back to that and if we get and I, I actually feel like the last two games San Jose and even in, in Dallas on the weekend we could have easily come away from there with a point, and it, it didn't happen. But I, I, what we have done is actually provide the basis to give ourselves the best chance of success, and and hopefully the goal scoring will come from other areas as well. I mean, we, we don't want to be just reliant on our, our strikers. It, it it can come from the flanks. It can come from a guy like Waston, who every time he goes up for a set play, looks like there's a chance that uh, he could get a goal. From an organizational standpoint, an ownership standpoint, are you? kind of rolling the dice with the faith of your supporters who've been so loyal to you on, you know, hoping that this group gets you into the playoffs? I've been pretty consistent from the time the season started. And when things were going well, uh, one of the things that uh, I made a point of saying was, we are still a work in progress. And that work in progress is ongoing right now. I feel, if you look at our squad, our roster from goalkeeper out, and with the performance of Ethan Sampson on the weekend and... Uh, and Christian Dean on the weekend, it further reinforces that we've got a good squad of players. And uh, that was being repeated by people outside of our club at that time. And But I think what happens is you don't score goals, you don't get the results, and all of a sudden 
it's what have you done for me lately. I think we have to be patient uh, throughout this process and uh, if well, obviously we haven't made a move and we need to look at, uh, at making the playoffs. If we don't, that doesn't mean that uh, we have to go back to the drawing board. I think we've got a solid base to move forward from. How long though can you sell the line of being patient and, and being patient with the, with the youth to your supporters and to this market? I don't think we sold it before today or before this season. I, I, I'm, I've never said that I'm excited about the future. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and so I'm saying that because I firmly believe that that, that is the case and that we have a, a group of young players that will have had a season under their belt. And then in the offseason, we need to, to do the work to ensure that we get the other pieces to the puzzle that perhaps we're, we're lacking right now. Will that be heavy lifting in the offseason depending on how you guys finish down the stretch? It's actually started now. Like we're looking uh, at, at players now for next season, um, and we prefer to to fill those voids in the in the, the January window, as opposed to uh, having to 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 do it in in the mid, in a mid season. And because we've all seen, not just with our club, but with with virtually every club in MLS, when you make that mid season signing, and especially if they're coming from abroad, there's a transition that's required. So. Um, and, and it is interesting because up until uh, the Portland game and the Portland game, I, I think we're suffering right now from a Portland hangover. Because if you had, if you had asked people prior to the Portland game, in spite of the fact that you know, we weren't winning uh, a lot of games at that point, we were drawing um, more than we wanted to, our average attendance was we were selling out. So you don't sell out if people don't feel like you're playing particularly well. Portland happened. And I think it was devastating to, to fans uh, because it was such a big game. And we played poorly on that day. And, and as a result, um, I think everything that we've done after that has been, there's been a, 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 um, a disappointment that is still lingering from Portland. We have a chance to actually correct that this weekend. And hopefully we do. So a lot from Bobby there. It certainly was disappointing not to have that striker added. And when you look around to the Whitecaps have trying to get them into the playoffs, it's really hard to see one of those guys catch fire, as as we're going to hear about later in the show. Now, of course, the guy that everyone is now hoping is going to catch fire and go on a streak is Eric Hurtado. The last time Eric scored a goal was before the World Cup break. But when he got his first MLS goal in May, he then went on a five-game scoring streak, including one in the Voyagers' Cup. Now, obviously, the same again would be really nice. Can he do it? Is he a guy that plays with confidence? Well, he's going down to Portland. He's an Oregon lad. He grew up in Beaverton. And he always seems to play better down there and has a bit of inspiration down there. So in case you haven't already gathered, this is another audio-heavy podcast episode So we're going to play some audio now from Eric on Tuesday at training, where he was just asked about a number of different things, but in particular, is he the man that is now going to lead the Whitecaps attack for the rest of this season? So here's the thoughts of Eric Hurtado. The last time you were finding the back of the net, you went five straight. Are you hoping to repeat that performance? That'd be awesome, yeah. That'd be cool if that happened. But right now we got to focus on uh, the playoffs and winning games. And if that's me scoring, other people scoring, and as long as we get the wins. What do you make of the fact that the, you know, the transfer window closed yesterday, um, the moves were made here, give you faith that, you know what, it's you guys who are going to carry the mail the rest of the way? Um, you know, the coaching staff um, have has high beliefs and high faith for us, 
So they've been telling us a whole season, and you know, I don't think that they wanted to make any changes, and they didn't. And it just shows the confidence they have in us. Are you looking forward to going back to Portland? Yeah, I'm from Portland, obviously. It's uh, good to go back there and see family, but obviously it's a business trip, so you got to go there, get the win. And it's always a great atmosphere to play in Portland. How do you look at the final six? I mean, I know we've said it for the last month and a half. It seems like every game is a massive game. I mean, Carl just said that, but how do you look at not only at Saturdays, but the rest? Yeah, um, we know what we got to do. And right now we got to focus on Portland, um, get past Portland, and then we can focus on the rest of the games. We know what we got to do. Last game down in Portland, you had a fantastic game. You seem to do well down there. Is it just because you come from Beaverton or because you were with Portland? Does that give you an extra boost? Um, maybe it gives me an extra boost playing, playing in front of my family and my hometown. Uh, but you know, I go out there and give 100% every time. You know, sometimes people have good games, sometimes people have bad games. And I just need to go out there and give my all. And Carol had said it's needing one of you guys to probably go on a streak and, and start banging the goals in. He says you're in form one and one. Uh, do you think you can be the guy that can lead the attack for the rest of the season? Uh, if I'm the guy, then I'm the guy. You know, I'm just going to go out there and give them 100%. Like I said, if it's not me, if it's someone else, credit to them because they're carrying the team and we need someone to carry the team, if not multiple people carrying the team. Um, we need team performances to win games and that's what's going to need to happen. Now in the Whitecaps' last two games against Dallas and San Jose, Ecartado has actually looked not too bad, still struggling with a little bit of control. He did take his goal well down in Dallas and he seems to be a player that plays with confidence and when he has got that confidence, he starts to play well and he starts to bang the goals in. So we can only hope that that is going to continue. He certainly appears to be a better option just now than Darren Mattox who just couldn't finish a toffee is basically the, the way that it's looking. But dropping down to the bench might be the motivation that he needs to, to come back and then get some goals on Saturday against Portland. And another young guy that did well against Dallas on Saturday was Christian Dean, making his first MLS start. It's been a long wait for the first round Super Draft pick, and he's been patient, he's been frustrated. Some of you will have seen my article on Christian during the week on AFTN. I'm going to play the audio for that now, just because I know there's people that listen to this that, that don't read the site. So if you have read it and you don't want to hear this again, just fast forward for a little bit. But here's me talking to Christian just about a, a number of issues to do with his, his first MLS star, the frustration of not getting into the team when his former teammate Steve Birnbaum has done so at DC United, and just how he's found his rookie season in MLS. So here's Christian Dean. Uh, so Christian, you got to make your first MLS start at the weekend. How, how did that feel? Uh, it felt great, you know. i um, been waiting for a while, and time finally came. You know, I thought I took advantage of it, played really well. But you know the team performed well, um, and overall I thought it was just a good opportunity. Now, when you were with California, obviously you started all the games that you played there. Mm -hmm. How difficult has it been this year to, to kind of sit on the sidelines and watch what's been going on? Um, it's you know it's been it's been a little difficult, you know. Honestly, it's it's the first time really in my life that I actually never started a game. Um, so this is this has been like a little difficult time, but it's a learning process, you know. Um, even if I you know mature here and you know, make it over to Europe one day. I'm probably not going to start there some games, so it has to be have to be ready for that. So I think doing that here has you know kind of matured me in a way that has made me ready for you know what comes in the future. When you see what's like happening with your old teammate Steve uh, at DC, does that frustrate you more, or does that actually spur you on then to, to get in the team and, and get the minutes? Uh, no, that's uh, for me. I mean, Steve's one of my best friends in the world. So um, I mean, he taught me really how to play center back. Um, so I mean, for me, it's just 
unbelievable to see what he's done. And he's come in and he's kept his spot. Um, and you know, for me, it's I'm just trying to learn, and I still have a lot to learn. Um, and I'm, you know, it's something that'll come eventually. Um, and I'm just happy for the guys who have gotten all the starts. And you talking of learning, you've, you've been playing this year or training this year with Jay Demerit and you're mm-hmm. two veteran centre-backs. What do you feel you've learned since turning into the pro ranks by training with these guys? Um, I've learned a whole lot positionally-wise, um, you know, mentally a lot. Mental jump was huge uh, coming here, especially watching them and watching them play. Uh, even from like Johnny and Carlisle, who, you know, both have international experience. Um, I think, you know, just mentally it's been a huge jump for me. And Carol said after the game that the partnership you had with Kendall, it looked really good, really positive for the future. How did you find playing with them? Two big guys, really big aerial presence in both boxes. I thought it's unbelievable. Uh, the guy's a monster, um, but also he's you know he's solid on the ball, uh, in possession as well, and defensively he's also very solid. I think you know I can I'm learning from him as well because you know he's big and athletic like I am, and watching him play these past couple games learned things from him and I think playing with him just showed me that you know I'm, I'm capable of playing with him and it's, it's also really fun he's, he's a great player. Having played a bit of um, fullback as well as centre back have you given some thought to the idea that uh, it'll be in your best interest to be offering a, a bit of versatility as a backline player? Uh, yeah no I have you know fullback in my repertoire it's what I played uh, freshman sophomore year and you know high school um, so it's Something that I can I can do, but you know now I'm trying to transition to center back and learn the position as much as possible. Um, if need be, I'll play left back. If they need me to play, I'll you know I'll play wherever if they want to play goalie. But it's just you know something that I'd rather most likely play center back. Anyway, enough to the past. Let's look ahead to what's coming up this weekend, which is a massive game against Portland Timbers down in Portland on Saturday afternoon. Now, the word massive is used a lot in football terms. Everything's massive. Massive game, massive three-pointer, massive six-pointer. But, in this case, this is a massive game that could have major implications and a major impact on how the Western Conference playoff race is going to finish. As you'll all know, the Whitecaps are going into this game one point ahead of Portland. Very tight for that fifth and final playoff spot. I still think Colorado and San Jose are out of it. There's no way they're going to come back in it. For me, straight shootout between Vancouver and Portland. Now, the way the Whitecaps are looking at it, they are already in a full playoff mindset. Kyle Robinson's talked about how it's now a six-game mini-season and what went before it basically doesn't matter anymore. And he's right, because it's kind of like the pre-season to the post-season. This is the, the first part of the post-season. Everything's up for grabs. It's in the Whitecaps' hands still with six games to go. Portland and Vancouver both have three home games, three away games. They're playing pretty much the teams all around them. Portland have a really difficult run-in. The last two games, for example, are at home to Real Salt Lake and away to FC Dallas. And those are games which anything could happen. The way Portland are playing at home this year, they're letting in a lot of goals. They do seem to do well away from home, but can they get the job done? If the Whitecaps can get some wins on the board early, especially at Providence Park on Saturday afternoon, then it's really theirs to lose. So let's hear now from some Whitecaps talking about this six-game stretch that's coming up. We're going to hear from head coach Kyle Robinson, David Oustead, Andy O'Brien and Russell Tiber. 
Do you approach this game like a playoff game? I think so. I really do. I think it's a, we've got a six-game mini-season now between us, Portland, Colorado, maybe San Jose as well. So we've got to try and take as many points as we can in these six games and it starts Saturday. Uh, Robo said on Tuesday that it's kind of for like a six-game season now. Is that how you're looking at it? Do you feel every game's like a playoff game now? It is. Uh, we need to tackle everything like a playoff game. It's um, it, it's getting into to, to, to the last part of the season here, and we need to to clinch as many wins as possible to to push our way into the playoffs. So it, it's uh, it's big games every single week now. Approach this game like, like a playoff game. Yeah, we're approaching every game um, very much so like it's a playoff game. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a big game for us and uh, I would say irrelevant of the result. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, but uh, it makes our objective a lot easier if we uh, we get the points. And you said you, know, you guys kind of approach this game like a playoff game. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. Uh, the game down in Dallas felt like a playoff game and, and all the games from here on out are going to feel like playoff games. And the way we approach this game... We approached last game. Um, this is playoff soccer. It's what we what we live for and what we play for. And this is the most exciting time of the year, besides playoffs itself. So, you know, it's uh, going down to Portland. I know everybody can't wait. I can't wait. I'm sure the fans can't wait. This whole organization must be excited. You know, we're one point ahead, and uh, we're going down to Portland to win. So Saturday's game is going to be one that's going to be full of passion, full of fire. And if it's anything like the last game down at Portland, hopefully some very upset timbers at the end of it. So we'll hear a little bit now from Carl Robinson. He's going to talk not just about the Portland game, but just things in general. We're going to play two bits of audio, one from Tuesday to start with, and then we're going to follow that up with him talking to the media on Thursday as well. So he's talking about a variety of things, getting the team back on track, where the goals are going to come from, strikers catching fire, going on streaks, having to settle for the squad that he's got for the, the season running and, and hopefully in the playoffs, and a number of other little things as well. So we'll kick it off with Carl Robinson on Tuesday, and here he is. Yesterday there was no movement made. These are the guys you've done all season long, you'll yep. continue to go with was it a statement that was made by yourself and management to not make any moves? And what statement needs to be made by those guys? Yeah, now nah, listen, I've, I've said to you all along, uh, I've got 100% faith in the group that I've got and it's the group that I'm willing to work with and the group that I am working with. So, you know, young players get opportunities and they will continue to get opportunities. You know, that being said, you know, there was a lot of phone calls um, over the last two days. There really was a lot of contact. There was a lot of names mentioned. Um, but we had to weigh up what was right for us. Uh, as a club at, at this present time as well as what's right right for us as a club in the future and you know there were things that w- were possible there were things that um, I thought that could happen that didn't happen and there were things that you know maybe were in my dreams that I th- wish that could happen that were nowhere near ever happening so it was a decision based upon uh, myself the club um, and the and the right dynamic of it as well you know we're at a stage now and I think you see there's not much movement generally yesterday uh, teams you know have got to make their plans for next year uh, and they're doing it conservatively because you know you, we could make a, a rash decision which wouldn't be in the better which might benefit the club in the short term but in the long term then it might affect it and I don't want to do that I don't want to put the club at risk in the long term because like I said I need to find out about these young players and make decisions on them which will be made in January and no better place than the next six games of the season yeah that was my next question when you look at the fact that you've gone with them and you'll continue to go with them the rest of the way I think when the season is done regardless if you get yep. in or not you'll have those answers and you won't have any more questions in regards to the future. Yeah, you know, I think I've got them answers now. 
Um, unless something changes between now and the end of the season, then you know that might change my mind. Um, but I've got a pretty good idea, uh, which is why I, you know, made the decision to include the next two youngsters within on the ladder because they're pushing. I want young players in this group, and it's important for the club that we continue to do that. So, you know, but I, I can't guarantee that every youngster will be here at the end of the season. You know, decisions sometimes need to be made, but if it's for the best of the team, the squad and the club, you know, decisions will be made. But, you know, everyone's fighting for places in the squad next year as well. So it's an important six games individually and collectively. Is the best hope for this team down the stretch, Carl, just one of these guys, Kakuda or Eric or Darren, getting hot? Do you look at it that way or is that too simple? It will help. No, it will help. Simple as, as it is. Uh, I think that's what's happened during the year. Darren's got hot at times and Eric's got hot at a certain time and Kakuta was, you know, pretty hot at the start of the season. So you're hoping that one will catch fire. Um, and drag someone else along. You know, those these are the young players I've got up front. So, you know, we know Pedro scored a lot of goals, albeit a lot of penalties. I keep getting told. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can catch fire as well. Um, and it's going to be a team effort. It's not going to be one individual getting 15, 20 goals. As I said, it wouldn't be at the start of the season. It would be guys getting, you know, eight to ten goals a season. And we've still got six games to go. So, if a couple of them guys can get two or three goals between now and the end of the year, then you know they can reach their eight to ten goal target. Eric being the leading candidate now. Since he's yeah, no, one Eric's, now yeah, yeah, he he's he's on fire, isn't he, Eric? One in one. Yeah, he's doing very well. How crazy is it the way that this is could? conceivably play out I mean when you look at who you're playing obviously you get Portland then the rest of your schedule yeah it's uh it's 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 interesting to look at it you know I get asked all the time have I looked at other team schedules and I have but I haven't took much too much notice on other team schedules because it's irrelevant because if we don't do our job then we probably won't get to the playoffs so we've got a massive game on the weekend uh, but as I every week I keep saying to you every game is massive and it will continue to be massive and if it if it's massive it means that we're still in contention and you know we want I want it to be in this situation uh, come this time of the season have we dropped points yeah we have have we slipped up certain times yet yeah. you know have we gained victories that we shouldn't have uh, I disagree with that I think we've you know all the victories that we've got we thoroughly deserved and we probably deserved a few more uh, but we haven't got them you know there's no point crying over spilt milk it's the reality is we went to Dallas on Saturday and I thought we could have come away with something we didn't you know no excuses there we didn't we didn't get results so we move on to the next game how much does that earlier 4-3 win help you going into this weekend well, it's a, it's a game of cat and mouse, isn't it? It's you know we've gone there early in the season, and we managed to uh, beat them. Uh, then they've come to our place and, and they managed to beat us. So it's going to be a pretty interesting game there. Um, fine moments turn games, and I think if you look at our home game, you know the three nil defeat was uh, was tough on us. It really was, and you know it wasn't nice to lose to a rival, especially in that way. But for the first 60, 70 odd minutes, you know they scored when we were down to ten men. Uh, Pedro was off the field at the time and you know we should be better at that defending with a cross we went 1-0 down and we had two decent chances then prior to them getting the second goal and when the second goal went in I think the team dropped their head slightly which which happens um, and the 3-0 obviously looked a very comprehensive victory and it probably was in the last 15 minutes because we were chasing shadows a little bit but the first 70 minutes it was uh, it was very close and you know if we would have took the early chance which we missed uh, who knows what might have been but Again, it's it's history. We we go into the game on Saturday. It's a it's a tough place to play. You know they'll be fired up for it, but make no doubt about it. My boys will be fired up as well. And here's a little bit more from Carol Robinson from training on Thursday. What did you learn from the game against Portland when they came into DC Place and won their three nothing? Like, how do you avoid that again? <laughs> well, I hope we do. Um, 
we've got to tidy up on a few things. I, I don't think there was that much in the game in relation to, you know, they scored the second and third goal in the 70 or 75th and 78th minute. And up until that point, we probably had better chances than them, but we didn't take them. In this game, you've got to take your chances. Unfortunately, on that day, we didn't. So we've got to make sure we perform the same in relation to a lot of aspects of that game, but tidy up on a few things um, and take our chances. And on the flip side, can you take kind of confidence from the fact that you guys went into their building in June and, and got three points? Yeah, we can uh, and we will, uh, but we know it's going to be a very difficult game. You know, As I said before, they, they finished the Western Conference top last year. They got the same group of players. They got a good manager uh, and they're going to be a team that's right fired up. So we've got to make sure we meet that challenge head on. We match them uh, and we try and play our game when we can. Carl, what do you make of the goals that they've conceded, though? It hasn't been their greatest year at, Peach, at Providence Park. No, I, th- I think they've scored a lot of goals this year and they've conceded a lot of goals. We haven't scored as many goals as I would like, but we have, um, you know, we've done well conceding them really I think we're our goal difference is zero or something like that so you know with with teams that play open expansive football they do tend to score a lot of goals and they tend to concede a lot of goals so you know there's areas that I think we can exploit I haven't said that they're a very good team so you know we've got to be tactically disciplined on the defensive side but we've also got to understand what areas we can uh, attack them on the attacking side I think some of Pedro's actions down there in the game down there help get your club in there to help get the fans in it a bit more are you okay with that i mean it, it's a different environment yeah. down there and if, if what your do do? guys if your guys play to the fans yeah. is that okay yeah no i don't what were, what were his actions i know he celebrated twice i think we scored two goals but yeah, i think even before coming on the field and started the game oh right okay yeah when we walked out he was having a bit of fun with them listen you know they've got twenty thousand that will boo pedro morales so i'm sure that he'll pretend he can't hear him and uh have a bit of fun with them and i think that's what it was obviously he performed well on that day and we got to hope that you know, if they do it again and he does it again, then I'll take it. I'll, I'll make the, the gestures to him if I can get Pedro Morales to perform that way. You think your team gets up for games like that when the crowd is more into it? And, and, uh, I think we have. Atmosphere? I think we have in certain games, but we haven't in other games. Yeah. You know, um, we take responsibility for that. I take responsibility for that. Not just this year, but, you know, since we've been in the league, I think four years, you know, there's been big games which we haven't capitalised on. It's a big game for us on Saturday. It really is. And we've got to make sure that we take this opportunity. And, you know, we want to play in big games. I said to the guys here that they want to play in big games because if they want to play at the next level, then they're going to certainly be playing in big games. And this certainly is a big game on, on the weekend. A win would obviously be huge. A loss yep. could be devastating. Yep. I mean, a draw keeps you. How do you? If, if you go up one nil on this one, have you thought yep. about how you how you kind of look at it? No, no. <laughs> I'm just focused to go and get there. To get a very good performance is the main thing, uh, but also then to try and take something out of the game. Obviously, I, I don't want to go there and try and settle for a point. I want to try and win the game. I think we can win the game. I'm sure, Caleb will be exactly the same. It's a home game for them against the, the team that they're chasing. So we'll come out all guns blazing, and they'll want to try and beat us and take three points off us. So. We've got to deal with this one game individually to start with, and then we'll, um, we'll we'll refocus again after the game. But you know, the boys are full of confidence at the moment. We'll go in there with a smile on our face and try and play our football. And and if we can do that, then we've got a very good chance of getting a positive result, whether it's a point or three points. I've got to ask you about Gersh because yeah. we just haven't seen him. Right. I'm not sure, Mark. To be honest, it, it, you know, he's a big loss for us. You know, he's a big player, and he's still got the boot on. So I don't think you're going to see him for another two or three weeks. So it's unfortunate at this time because it's a crucial time for us, but. You know, other players have stepped in and done well, um, but you know, it's um, it's not it's a concern uh, because he could miss the last eight or ten games of the season, which he's missed five or six already. So it's not ideal, but you know, every club and every manager has to deal with injuries, and 
you know, we'll just have to deal with it. So it is, it is possible he could be done for the season? He, I think he possibly could. Um, we, but he could be back in two or three weeks. Uh, it just depends on what the specialist says when he comes out of the boot and then it depends on his fitness-wise because, um, you know, he needs to uh, get fitter. See a lot of the top midfielders in the game in Vancouver and Portland. Um, how exciting is that midfield matchup, and how important is that midfield matchup? It's very important. I say all along, every game is won in that midfield area, and you know, it's, I'm glad that you're talking about you know their top midfield against our top midfield because I really think that we have got a top midfield at this club now, and it's going to be vital. It, whoever comes out on top will probably win the game. Uh, it's important my guys put their stamp on the game. Um, we try and win the battle if we can. You know, they're a very aggressive team, uh, very attack oriented team they like to drift into little pockets so we've got to deal with that defensively but then we've got to put our stamp on the game you know we've got some technically very good players in that area uh, if we can pass and move them and pull them out of positions then we can get chances and then as I said at the start of the conversation if we can take them chances then um, we won't be far off so that's the thoughts of Carl Robinson on a variety of issues let's get some stuff from the players now we're going to continue the raw audio and we're going to kick things off with one of my favourite players at the Whitecaps right now, and I'm really glad that we made the trade to get him here, Myra Rosales. He spoke to media on Tuesday about a number of different things, and one of the things you notice when you speak to Myra is you speak to the young guys that play up front, you speak to them for two minutes, you're maybe asking them five or six questions in that time, get four to six word answers. Myro likes to talk, he likes to expand, he likes to get his point across, very articulate, a joy to listen to. So we're just going to include a lot of that now and you'll just get an, an idea and a feel for what Myro brings to this team and what he's looking for from this team in these last six games. So here's Myro Rosales. So, so Moro, what? how would you assess the importance of this game to the team's playoff chances? It's uh, so huge. Huge uh, chances to to go there and uh, get the points that we need. It's gonna be a, a battle to till the end, I guess. Not just the game, just the last six games that we have to play. Uh, he's our rivalry today in, to get in the playoff to for the Cascade Cup. He's uh, uh, for the Northwest uh, Derby all the time. As these three things is uh, a lot of uh, things going on over there and uh, important for us and uh, for us it should be uh, the, the, the best motivation to to go there and uh, to take the three points just to start uh, uh, winning strike again and um, playing against them should be like I told you before uh, enough motivation to to put everything concentration uh, our strengths, uh, be focused in what we want. This is this is the way. Obviously, we know the importance of Portland, but with six games to go and, and no no moves have been made for this team, how do you help those young guys along in this final stretch of the six games? Because, I mean, we've said it for the last month and a half, every match has been crucial. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, how do you help those guys? I guess every... it, could, it could suffocate a, a young player, couldn't it? Pressure? Yeah, but I think the best way to help them is let, let them know how important is this for for them, how important is this for, for the club. This is a mental game and if you are mentally prepared to face uh, this last stretch of games that we have, uh, everybody is working very hard but if you mentally you are not ready or not prepared, 
to face important games like we had ahead of us. Uh, we are playing against uh, the top four teams, the top five teams in, in our conference in the, the last six games. Then if you are playing against them, it's because they, for something they are in the, in the best positions. And then uh, we need everything from us. We need uh, over 100% to, to fade that games. And uh, if we feel that it's not enough, the effort that we're putting, we have to just step up and just do what we have to do. And uh, uh, mentally prepared it means that you have to run a lot, you have to work a lot, you have to help your teammates, you have to do everything is in your hands just to be successful. And our goal is being in the playoff. Doesn't matter if it's the next game, the other game or wherever, just waiting for the last one. But we have to uh, be sure that uh, we need the points. We need the points and uh, everything in our minds have, have to be just getting something from playing in the row or playing in home. Uh, we have to get points and this is how how the mentality have to be. How about the mentality, the style of play that you have to play in the last six matches? I mean, obviously we know about ball, ball possession, how this team does so well, attacking style, but how do you play the final six games? The style of play? It's hard, hard. It's just playoff mentality. It's a playoff mentality. We are playing against the guys. If we, if we pass the round, we're going to face against them. And then you have to... Uh, have enough uh, uh, confidence to go and go at them and then know how how good is your team because we had a, we had a good team here and uh, we we played the last three games doing very good jobs and in many parts of the field and uh, it was disappointing that we didn't get the, the points against uh, DC because we deserved it we were very hard against Dallas and we got nothing it's just we are in the in the way that we wanted to be playing like this. We're gonna win more games than the, the games that we're gonna lose, but we are close to to that performance that's gonna give us the plus and a being strong team to beat. When you played against Portland before, particularly when you were with Seattle, what what stood out for you when you played the Timbers since coming into what? Uh, I guess it's, it's it's more about. Uh, motivation, willingness to win, willingness to give to give to the fans the the the, 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 the special feeling winning against a, a derby team and a, uh, it's not just uh, 11 in the field. It's just it's a city behind them, just supporting and just the only thing you you want is just give some uh, happiness to them and. Uh, being thankful for what they do during the week, during the season. And these kind of games give a plus for them, and it should have a plus for us just facing these games and stepping up into the field, just with the willingness to, to win and get the, the result. Because particularly when you were with Seattle, it was a particularly fierce derby, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. And uh, as a place, it's the, the game that you want to be. It's the, 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 the game you are waiting for. And uh, you know the emotion, the passion that you see in that games outside in, in the stands and in the in the game. Uh, it's like I told you before, it's mentally. You have to be prepared to face that games and enjoy it. It's not just being just running and running and running. You just have to enjoy, play, and uh, just 
tried to get the result. Like Boca River? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did play many of that derbies, and you know how important it is for for the fans. And uh, for me, it's a plus. So, and really uh, getting into these games is the best feeling that a player, soccer player, can can get. As we've said several times now, Mauro Rosales just a, a great addition to the Whitecaps locker room. So let's move on to our final segment of audio from this week. And we're going to hear from some of the Whitecaps players in the build-up to Saturday's game in Portland. We're going to hear first of all from goalkeeper David Eistead. Then we're going to hear from centre-back Andy O'Brien, who will be back in the starting lineup after being arrested against Dallas. Then we're going to hear from young Canadian midfielder Russell Tybert. And finally from defensive midfield maestro and the guy that really holds the Whitecaps together right now, Matthias Laba. David, it seems like every game at this point in the season is a big game. I guess this weekend's no exception, is it? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, Cascadia Cup rivalry game, not only that, we're neck, neck and neck in the, in the standings, so uh, it's going to be a big one. You mentioned the standings there. How, how closely do you guys kind of watch the standings uh, heading into this, this game? No, I think people know where we are. Uh, but that said, uh, it's it's more about us going in and, and doing a, a good performance, hopefully getting away with something. Uh, and we'll see the standings when, when we're done with the season where we are. Going into the last Portland game, you said it was important for the guys to kind of play freely and not kind of let the pressure get to them. I, I assume you, you want the same approach this week? Uh, yeah, uh, we didn't do well last game uh, of that. But no, definitely going there and... and being able to play, being able to get at them, I think is a big thing. We have a team that that's um, good offensively, and we need to show that, uh, even though we're going to to a uh, tough away opponent. Use that as motivation, David. The last Ah, uh, yeah. I think we need to show um, to use the Spanish guys uh, some cojones. Um, uh, we need to, to show that we can can put on a fight, and then we won't get uh, out battled, out uh, tackled. Um, and if we do that, I know, I know we can outplay him. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll we'll get that mentality in. The fact you've gone down there and won this year, how much does that help you guys? This it helps a lot. Uh, I think we showed last time that if if you want to go and play with them, if you want to go press them, then uh, they're uh, they're a team that you can beat uh, even uh, even at their uh, at their ground. But, uh, we need to do all those things correctly, and if we do, I think we have a good chance of winning. Dave, I wonder if there even is home field advantage for them because it's so it must be so much fun to play in that kind of environment. I'm thinking. Uh, it is. It's great. Uh, they put on a, a great show down there. Um, we've got our uh, fans there as well, and, and like I say, it's a Cascadia uh, Cup game. So it's it's just one of those games that you really want to play. Can you take some confidence from the fact that you guys went into their building earlier this year and got three points? Yeah, I think um, you know um, it was our first victory there, um, but obviously we're a new club and what have you, and hopefully uh, that's the first of many. What about the, the loss at home recently to that? Andy, do you guys use that as motivation? Yeah, yeah. I think the motivation we use is that uh, I don't think they were as good as we as, as they were. I think we made them look a little bit better than, than what they were. And I think that was the biggest disappointment um, on that particular day. But uh, as I say, it's a, it's a clean slate, and uh, we look forward to the game. What do you need to do differently to kind of avoid that same same result? Well, you know, we've we've looked at videos, we've done our preparation, we continue to do that, but uh, you know, we played against uh, what we're going to be Portland, and uh, you know, sometimes you have to make your own decisions um, because you know that's that's the game, and uh, you know, we we're, we're plan accordingly, um, but in terms of effort, uh, desire, 
uh, work ethic and they should not be lacking in a game of this importance. If, if Bateshore can't go again, uh, how, how excited are you to see Ethan Sampson in a, in a derby game? I mean, he's sort of the type of player built for that. Well, yeah, if you want to talk about history, I thought that uh, you know the game that he had against Portland in pre-season was, was outstanding, and I think that um, that's always been a seed that he's planted. And um, you know, I thought he did very well last week. And uh, you know, I wouldn't say if needs be that uh, you know we've, we've got faith in him because I believe that what he brings day in day out is going to stand him in good stead for the rest of his career. And uh, you know, if he plays on Saturday, strange that will they, do too. Sorry, it's strange that, that Portland has conceded so many goals at home this year, uh, given how well they did last year. Is that a bit of a sort of a, something you might look at as an opportunity, perhaps? Um, yeah, I think uh, given the the game and the magnitude of it, you know, in every game things can happen, and uh, in in each season it's it's very different. You know, they won the Western Conference last year, so uh, you know, as it stands, um, they're they're chasing us, and uh, you know, we're will not say trying to run away from them, but we're trying to to sustain our position in the playoffs, and uh, the game on Saturday is going to be important. Russell Day. Pedro and and, uh, and Valeri kind of cancel each other out on paper, and, and Chara and Laber are similar. Do, do you look at the midfield matchups in that way at all? That like you and Will kind of uh, you have to, you know, he's the guy you have to kind of beat out for you guys to be successful. Who, so they cancel each other out, <laughs> huh? Uh, I think. I mean, I wouldn't say they cancel each other out. I think you know both players, Madi, you know, Chara, uh, Valeri, and Pedro both. You know, I mean, all four of them they have tremendous quality, and they each bring something different to the table. And uh, again, I wouldn't say they cancel each other out. They they make the game real exciting, as with the other players on the team. Um, I know a little bit about Will, and uh, any time I get to play against him, I'm real excited. We, we were uh, roommates for the Gold Cup. Um, I don't know if that was a year ago, and uh, you know I learned a little bit about Will, and uh, great guy. But when we step on the pitch, it's going to be a battle. Is it, is it fair? Is it too simplistic or fair enough to say you guys won the midfield battle down there and they won it up here, and that has a lot to do with the. The, the way the results went in those two games. I know for me, uh, you know, I'm going down there with the mentality that me, Maddie, and the midfielders we want to we want to win that midfield battle, and it's a battle that you know we're not going down there to lose. Um, we know that's a big part of the game, and uh, whatever we can do for the team, we're going to do it. Does the environment does the environment really spur you guys on down there? I mean, is there even a home field advantage because it's so much fun for everybody to play in that kind of atmosphere? You know, I think we all all going down there, we thrive off that atmosphere. Um, our fans are great for us here. We have one of the best fan bases in the league, and the support we get down there is tremendous as well. So I know we're all excited to give our fans something to cheer about. How excited are you and the rest of the team for this upcoming game this weekend? Yes, uh, we have confidence in our team, so uh, we need to win, and it's like a final for us. Who's going to be the best Argentine on the field on Saturday night? Uh, I think. Uh, Mauro Rosales. <laughs> Mauro, number two. Mauro Rosales scored uh, uh, on Saturday, I think. Oh, yeah. This is Diego Valeri. Uh, okay. Yes, uh, I meet uh, with him. Uh, he's a good person. So, uh, and I played in Argentina versus Lanús versus Valeri. He's a very good player. But uh, it's possible uh, in the midfielder. Uh, Maybe uh, contrarrest uh, uh, Valerie Good. Pretty noisy and unique environment down there. Do you like playing um, in that kind of environment yeah, uh, when that game is, uh, uh, when the crowd is into it as it is down there? Uh, yes, yes, of, of course. Uh, uh, the is is big team for is big team Poland, but uh, we we have. Uh, 
um, a lot of players uh, with good technical, with good experience. So uh, I think uh, we we can win in Poland. So there you have it. Whitecaps are set for a big game this weekend. It's going to be live on national TV in America on NBCSN. So they've got a chance to kind of show the, the whole watching MLS public exactly what they can do. Will they do it? I think it's going to be tough. My gut feeling is to go for a 2-1 Portland win. But if they can find their form, if they can get Pedro Morales to to wind up the, the Portland fans as much as they can... And, I mean, that's something that could play into him. Because last time, Pedro did great down there. He wound the fans up before he came on the pitch. He wound the fans up during the game and he scored his goals. And he had kind of taken the pressure a little bit off Eric Hurtado by doing that. When Eric Hurtado went down for the penalty, instead of fans kind of berating him, Pedro took it upon himself to kind of say, hey, I'm the guy you want to boo, I can take this. Um, they did that and he rose to the occasion. You've got Myra Rosales as well, who is undoubtedly going to get some booze and stuff from the Portland fans because he played for Seattle. He's going to love that. He's just going to thrive in that. That's going to take the pressure off the young guys and let them play. It's going to be tough, but if they can get anything from this, a point, three points, then that's going to set them up so well for the remaining five games. And there's a tough one coming up next weekend with Real Salt Lake coming to town. Um, they really need to get three points from their, their remaining three home games now. Get nine on the board from that then anything they can pick up away from home is just going to be a massive bonus. By the looks of training this week, Stephen Betashur, he's day-to-day. He hasn't trained. On Thursday, he was just doing laps around the track and doing fitness work. Don't think we're going to see him. I think it's going to be Ethan Sampson again. But he had a fantastic game down there against Portland in the pre-season where he wasn't afraid to put himself about a bit. Still worried about his defensive play and whether he's going to pick up yellow and red cards in a, in a battle like that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. So that's it for another episode of There's Still Time. Hopefully you're enjoying these ones where we just have me doing the links in between and, and some raw audio. Steve will be back soon. He's on holiday at the moment, so we'll get somewhere where we've got a bit of banter, a bit of discussion going. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me online on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all my stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News. You can get there by going AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. And I'm the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. So until next time, safe trip to everyone making the, the trip down to Oregon. Remember this road work around Olympia. They're going to be shutting some lanes to so try and avoid that or go at the good times if you can. Safe journey to all. We'll talk to you soon. So until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon... Crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?